football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. Ugh. From the tailgates. A million percent correct. Those are the best fries in the universe. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. <laughs> Here's Andy Staples. His squad is in the house. Welcome to Place at the Table. We are in Atlanta for the national championship game. Very special guest. And he's sitting right next to me. No technology required. Bruce Feldman of SI and of Fox Sports. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Andy. I'm enjoying your penthouse suite here. Yeah. At the media. Palatial digs. The the bathroom, it is a nice room. But the bathroom is roughly the size of a... Airplane bathroom with a shower in it. Basically, yes. That it, It's impressive. And, and I'm not a small person, as you know. Uh, slightly bigger after yesterday when we... Uh, we went to the Pont City Market, which is a uh, kind of a food hall here in Atlanta, and they have Mexican place, they have a Szechuan place, they have an Indian place, a, a Cuban sandwich place, all kinds of stuff. And I had some some wings from Monero, which were which were excellent, and I had some. Uh, You're burying the lead here, Andy. I, I'm I'm building to the I'm teasing to the lead, uh, but then I had some Indian food, and then we we were about to get some gelato, and. Then I noticed that across from the gelato place, it was a thing that looked like an ice cream place. You had the, the big buckets of stuff, and they would scoop it out for you. It was not ice cream, though. It was cookie dough. They sold cookie dough by the scoop, and you could get uh, sugar cookie dough or chocolate chip or brownie batter or uh, salted caramel. I got, I got peppermint cookie dough, and I only got one scoop because... I'll be honest. One scoop of cookie dough, Bruce, is too much for any normal human being. Yeah, I got I got the salted caramel, and yeah, the idea because because one scoop actually isn't that much, but when it sits there, when it hits your stomach, yeah, it is. Good it's lord, like it, it's like it expands and just sits there. So. It it was it was impressive. Now, say the, you're, you're I'm sure you're asking this question if you don't live near one of these types of places. They don't put raw egg in it. They have a, a thing they do to the flour that allows it to taste just like regular cookie dough, but there is no raw egg. I read up on it. Uh, did not read up on it beforehand. I just went ahead and took that risk because I didn't care. It was uh, it was cookie dough by the scoop, and I had to try it. It's a thing that shouldn't exist, Bruce. Uh, I asked them, is this a chain? They were like, nope, we're owned and operated by Batter it. is the name of it. And apparently there are similar places in Chicago and New York but I had no idea such places existed, and now I'm going to have to find them wherever I am because ice cream's great, cookies are great, but raw cookie dough by the scoop is – it's almost too much. It is almost too much. But not quite. <laughs> best, thing you, best thing you've eaten in, in Atlanta in, in 48 hours? I think that's it, although that pork chop you had at uh, – yeah, but the pork chop was was basically it was a good pork chop. Yeah. but this was. You know. We we went to two Urban Licks on uh, on Thursday night, and uh, it's one of the more famous Atlanta places that I had not been to yet, and it was it was very good. I I had the Bronzino, um, which was actually my second dinner of that day. <laughs> I had gone to interview somebody in Athens, and uh, we met up for fried chicken and uh, and mashed potatoes and and green beans and tamales and. Uh, and then Bruce texted me and said, hey, we're all meeting at Two Urban Licks. You want to come? And I figured, oh, I'll just go and I'll, I'll 
get get a drink and, and sit and talk to everybody. No. I had bronzino. I had some of your pork chop. I had dessert. Yeah. I think you had some, some of the appetizer, too. I did. Yeah. That's true. I had some... I had some uh, tuna poke. Yeah, it's it's been a rough season for me, Bruce. I was in much better. When, when we were in Birmingham for SEC Media Days. Which seems like six months ago. Because it was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I was 20 pounds lighter. I was working out like three times a day. And now I'm I'm a mess. So I'm looking forward to uh Well, the season's almost detox. over, Andy. You just have basically 48 more hours. Basically. So... What you're saying is I should just go all out for these next 48 hours. Yes, I think it, it, for your next uh, next three days, you should just gorge like there is no tomorrow. This is my version of Fat Tuesday. <laughs> so I can I can treat it I can treat it like the Alabama linebackers have been treating every game. Rashawn Evans at Media Day told me, he said they've had such bad injury luck in that position group that they're just like, you have to think every play is going to be your last play, because every single one has gotten hurt. It seems. And so that's what every every bite will be my last bite. Andy, leave no biscuit unturned. I don't think I have. That that was the, the highlight of media day today was in between Georgia and Alabama. They had a, a small workroom set up for for us off the Phillips Arena floor, and I went in there just looking for a, a water fountain. Oh, I found more than that. There were baskets of Chick Fil A chicken biscuits in there. Did you have more than one? I had two. <laughs> see, you can hear it in his voice, but you can't see the you can't see the disappointment no, in Bruce's this, eyes. This is the, this is the opposite. So, I remember this is going back years. I once went on a story magazine story where it was like camping with Marcus Vick, okay. and we went to we started out in Newport News, where they're from. Went to uh, Virginia, and then we went to Maryland. There was another stop in there. I just remember I had eaten really bad food. And the only thing that was that made me feel better was our photographer. I, we, we stopped to eat at some some uh, buffet kind of place. And I, the only thing that made me feel better about myself was I watched he ate more crap food than I did. I, I got to see you at a Golden Corral. I think it actually was a Golden Corral. I, I don't think – because for those who don't know, Bruce always tries to get tries, the healthy option tries. when he can. But a Golden Corral with one of everything, with a chocolate fountain – First of all, I think you'd be disgusted by it. Uh, I'm trying to think because you can kind of pick some spots there. It's just no, you can get vegetables. They yeah. have grilled chicken. It's you could actually eat healthy there if you wanted to, but you'd have to be disciplined and leave the rolls alone. The rolls and not is get dessert. hard. I, I, yeah, yeah. The rolls is the bread's tough for me. This is that's my biggest problem. Is that you know I'll go to like Texas Roadhouse and I'll eat eight of those rolls. Where was the place at the combine that had really good bread? It was a random, uh, was like Weber Grill, maybe. Oh yes, the Weber Grill restaurant, which is a kind of hidden gym in Indianapolis. It's not hidden. There's a giant Weber Grill on yeah. the outside of it, and it smells like charcoal. What's the deal with the bread? It's just really good. Is it pretzel bread? I don't think it's. I think it's just like sourdough, but it was really good. The bread is really good. Yeah. No, I remember getting an extra loaf or two, and then, and then we got our credit cards mixed up, and Bruce used my credit card for for a week oh, without knowing it. <laughs> it was funny i i had not used mine and then i was on a road trip somewhere i was i know what i was at a, a marriott bar in louisville and i just i'd eaten dinner and they said well thanks for coming in mr feldman and i was like uh oh 
I think I know what just happened. The cards look exactly the same. They do. They do. But, yeah, so I, I looked. I'm like, wait a second. I don't shop at Ralph's. <laughs> There's no Ralph's in Florida. So, but, yeah, that is uh, that is the, the dangers of going on the road. You can get fat. You can lose your credit card. There's a lot more dangers, Andy, but we keep it pretty PG. Uh, yeah, we. you're not going to hear about Bruce or, or myself uh, in any of these news stories. We're not, not that, that interesting. <laughs> Sorry. So... Yeah, I, I am. I'm glad for that. I, I'm glad that we don't have to worry about that. But so we are here to cover a football game, uh, Georgia versus Alabama. I know 75 percent of the country is completely checked out on that, but that's that's the matchup. Do you really think that is that that percentage of fan, football fans are that checked out, or they just they'll tune in? They don't really care about the run up. I believe that part of it. I don't think that many. Well, they will not set any ratings records. Do you, know what, do you remember off the top of your head how many million people watched last year? No, but I'll have to look. Twenty million. But that's that's not exactly a a very regionally diverse matchup no, it either. Wasn't. It was Clem- but but it wasn't. It was two different conferences. At least. Right. Yeah. See, I think and, I th- you ha- and the one thing that was different to me was you had a bona fide star player in Deshaun Watson. Right. Right. And there's not really a bona fide star player. Who's on, the, I mean, Roquan Smith is probably the most decorated player, but he's a linebacker. Nick Chubb has been around. Deron forever. Payne will be the highest draft pick out of out of all these guys. Maybe I don't know. I mean, who? I don't know. That's I mean. Yeah, there's not a mega star like Deshaun Watson in this game. Nothing even close to it, though. No, and that's one of the things that makes it interesting, because you know there there are some really good players. I mentioned Deron Payne. Calvin Ridley, Roquan Smith, Nick Minka Chubb, Sony Michelle, Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah, there. But but nobody who's just so dominant that they take absolutely take over. Well, you could argue that Deron Payne took over. Uh, but no, but took over the Clemson game. No, no, we haven't. And so we think we think Jake Fromm has gotten better as the season has gone I, I, on. I was impressed by him on on Monday at the Rose Bowl. I thought especially in the drive down the field late to get it into overtime. I thought he really responded well. And just for being a true freshman, I was very impressed by him. And and he and Jalen Hurts both seem fairly unflappable. Nothing seems to bother them. Uh, Jalen Hurts, if you remember the last national championship game, they get the ball. They have to go the length of the field. They need a touchdown. A field goal won't do. He got him a touchdown. And, and they would have won the national title had Deshaun Watson not been the quarterback on the other side. So, you know, I, I don't I really don't worry about either of these two guys just melting down in this game. It feels like it's going to be more who can make a play down the stretch. And I'm guessing both coaches will be very conservative to start. And then as the game goes on and you realize, OK, somebody's got to do something that they start to open it up, maybe like the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be in their M.O., but who knows? I mean. You know, I think the challenge is to guard against being too conservative at the same time. Yeah, I just it it feels like a day where the the punters will be important, and you know if J.K. Scott can continue his string of not letting anybody return a punt, you know, that's pretty a, amazing. Yeah, well he he well I'm actually going to write about the punters for punt pass and pork this week because one because I've written about passing and I've written about pork, but I've never written about punters. In punt pass. But but J.K. Scott's in a, a pretty interesting story because he was one of the best punters in the country already. 
and then completely changed his mechanics this offseason because he felt like he was he was getting great distance, but to to borrow a phrase, he was out kicking his coverage. Uh, you know, if you, you can kick it far, but if the guy catches it with ten yards of space right. around him, he can he can There's return a lot it. Of damage, yeah. Yeah, and so J.K. Scott's idea was, I'm going to kick it higher and not as far, and also that he said it's an intimidating thing for a punt returner the higher it goes because then it becomes harder to catch, and so. His deal is I want a fair catch or for them to just let it let it drop every single time. And going into the playoff, only two players had tried to return a J.K. Scott punt for a total of three yards. Mm. And that is a weapon right there. That is. That is. It's a big thing. Field position is, is a matter, especially when you have defensive <coughs> battles. So, you know, I'm curious to see how big of a weapon. There was, there was games I did this year where I remember a TCU-West Virginia game. The difference in the game was the punter. Yeah. And sometimes that happens, but it just especially when you have a tight game, it puts so much stress on the on the other team's quarterback if he's gotta go ninety-five yards. Yeah. A lot more stuff, especially in a game where we don't think it was not gonna be like the Rose Bowl, we don't think, whereas a lot of big plays mm-hmm. in the game you had in the Sugar Bowl, the longest play from scrimmage was twenty two yards. Right. And you're dealing with two very good defenses in that situation, and you're dealing with two very good defenses here. Although it's it's interesting because Georgia did just give up forty eight points. To a much better quarterback right. than they're going to see Monday night. Right, and and that Oklahoma offense is designed to stress you in in a lot of different ways. They distribute the ball to a lot of people. That's one of the things. It was interesting, Calvin Ridley before the Sugar Bowl was complaining pretty much about the fact that he was getting the bulk of the targets and they weren't spreading the ball around more because he felt like it wasn't good for the offense for them to be able to, the defense to be able to key on one guy. Yeah, I mean it's weird to hear a receiver throw them to throw yeah. them the damn ball. That's right. <laughs> so. But but he's I mean he's smart. He understands the dynamics of it. And and probably if a Jerry Judy or one of the tight ends were to become a more frequent target, that would have opened up more opportunities for Calvin Ridley, especially for big plays down the field. Now, he should have had a long touchdown in the Clemson game on the throwback pass, but Jalen Hurts just underthrew him. And uh, yeah, that's one of those. They're gonna have. They're gonna have to hit the when those plays are available, whether it's from or hurts. They're gonna have to hit them in this game because if you don't, the margin for error is just not that big. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know there there were quite a few mistakes in the Rose Bowl, uh, specifically a guy getting stripped, and Oklahoma returns it for a touchdown, and Georgia bounced back from that. I I'm gonna go far enough. I, I can go. Out, I don't feel like I'm going out of limb. If Alabama scores a defensive touchdown in this game, I think Alabama wins the game. I, I don't. I don't see how. Have you picked this game already? I have. I picked Alabama seventeen thirteen. Okay, I pick Alabama too in a close I, game. I have. I have no faith in that pick. I picked Clemson in the shirt, and I thought Clemson wouldn't just beat Alabama. I thought they would you win it handle, fairly yeah. easily. And this was not the Alabama team that we had seen. And it's interesting because. I remember Nick Saban, when he went on Scott Van Pelt's show the night of the conference championship games, he talked about how many injuries they'd lost or starts they'd lost to injuries. And at that point, it was like 40. And you'd have 37 of them back. Because they weren't getting Sean Deon Hamilton back, obviously. But they're getting. But they were Miller, getting Quint. Christian Miller, Terrell Lewis. Yeah, and they were losing Dylan Moses at that point. But, or they didn't know, he didn't know at the time. Dylan Moses was still healthy. They lost him during bowl practice. But, I just didn't think 
given what we'd seen, Alabama was going to be able to get to the quarterback or that they'd have the defensive depth to deal with all the different guys Clemson gets the ball to. But they just shut Clemson down, and it was predicated on a pass rush that has not been there all season. Five sacks. Well, we know they got really good D-linemen. No, there's no there's no Jonathan Allen anymore. No. And there's no there's you know But Isaiah Bugs played his best game. Uh Deshaun Hand played one of his best games. Anthony Jennings definitely played his best game and then he got hurt. Yeah, so, so he's out. Anthony Jennings, but Yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting deal. I I'd be very surprised if there's a blowout Monday night. No, yeah. I, I just don't see that happening and and I, I do think both coaches will stay fairly conservative. Georgia's offensive line is is an interesting case to me because th- this they've only played a couple games with this lineup and it is demonstrably better with Ben Cleveland at right mm-hmm. guard and you know the the difference between the first Auburn game and the second Auburn game were n- it was night and day and it wasn't just Cleveland it was some of the other guys getting getting confidence and uh, realizing that that they could hang with those guys but they're going to have to be good. Georgia's tight ends are going to have to block well. Uh, there's some – Cole Kublik, uh, our friend uh, from the SEC Network, put some tweets out with Alabama defenders just mangling Clemson tight ends. And Isaac Nowd and Jeb Blazevich, a little better blockers than those guys. So we'll see how they how they hold up. But my guess is Jim Chaney is not going to put those but guys in yeah, a position. Yeah, as exposed, I wouldn't think. Yeah. I think. I don't know why Dabo Sweeney and, and his guys did because it's not like they haven't played those guys before. No, they played them last year. Obviously, they played them last two years. So, yeah. But it's it, I, I'm fascinated by this game just because the staffs know one another so well and they know all the players so well. I mean, Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt recruited a bunch of these. Guys. A lot of Georgia's defensive players. Kirby Smart recruited a lot of Alabama's players. Period. You know, he, he recruits offensive guys too, and. Um, so they know the personnel about as well as I mean, yeah. There's so much crossover with the staffs. Mel Tucker, the defense coordinator at mm-hmm. Georgia, was also Nick Saban's secondary guy. At Kevin Shearer, Glenn Schumann. There. So there's a lot of guys who are who are very well versed in what's on the other sideline. Yeah, and then uh, Jeremy Pruitt was talking about that today, and and it was interesting because he said you can kind of get paralyzed trying to think. Okay, I know Kirby's going to do this because he knows we're going to do this, and he said, ultimately, you just got to let that go and and play your – and Alabama has always been pretty good at that. Like, they don't – they'll add wrinkles here and there, but they don't have to change anything they everything they do for anybody. Well, because they're efficient enough and they're talented enough where yeah. usually that's going to work. They just out. have better players than everybody else. Yeah, and last year, the best player in the field was not a guy who was, you know, in crimson and white. No. That, that usually isn't the case, but it was last year. Yeah, and, and I think – you know, Roquan Smith might might be the best player. Might be, maybe. but but I think Alabama's got a few that that would qualify for that that race. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit different story. But so, who do you think of the guys? Maybe we're not talking about is is sort of the the breakout star. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's going to be somebody who is under the radar. You know, like, you know, a couple of years ago it was O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then they went in. Well, last year, I mean, you could you could say Renfro, but it was really Deshaun's show. Right. Um, with this, you know, I I feel like 
It might be Jalen Hurts all over again. Maybe. Because I think people are starting to write him off and say, oh, you know, two is going to play and then talk about four running backs. And we talk about the receivers that are, you know, talented but maybe underutilized. I think in these tight games, that's where he breaks like a 55-yard run yeah. to change it. Yeah, where it's supposed to be a pass. It looks like he's going to be a sack. And he Ray squirts it. And just, yep. It just like yep. explodes by people. I'll, I'll give you one on the Georgia side. And and obviously he's a he's a star in their offense, but it's one of those that what he gives them, you think, oh, well, maybe that won't work against Alabama. But I think Sony Michelle is the one guy in America who might be able to get the corner in Alabama's defense. I also think that Blazevich and Nauta are, are good enough blockers because that's what, what Georgia will do is overload the side of the ball that they're going to pitch to Michelle on. And they'll just have the tight ends kind of pin pin guys down, and sometimes they'll pull a ta- uh, pull a guard or pull a tackle, uh, and and get them out, you know, leading. But other times they'll just have them block straight up. And you think against a really fast defense that wouldn't work, but Michelle is so fast, and and so good at seeing his lanes that. He might be able to pull that off. We'll see. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna break away for for any seventy yard touchdown runs like he did against uh, against Oklahoma. But I do think he can he can do some damage out there, which will force Alabama's defense to play a little more honest. I think it's gonna feel like a much smaller field this you know this oh, way yeah. than it did last month. Oh, absolutely for Georgia. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting because I I was talking to Barrett Jones, the former Alabama center. Uh, on on Sirius XM and he said he was watching that game and, and he's like I don't even know what Oklahoma's linebackers were looking at because it looked like they were just going the wrong direction and that'll never happen with Alabama's linebackers they'll they'll be where they're supposed to be and and you either your blockers have to get to them and block them or a back's got to make a miss yeah the one of the things that I think was even worse than normal for Oklahoma was they missed a lot of tackles too in space and talking to the Alabama coaches today, that was one of the things they really stressed was was just basic tackling drills, yeah. more so than even on a typical week. And Alabama, if you watch them week to week, is one of the better tackling, fundamental tackling teams you'll yeah. see. They don't do anything fancy. They don't do like the Seahawks hawk tackle right. or anything like that. But they also don't do they don't do the old school uh 70s you know face mask on the ball tackle either they they do like if you watch if you watch clips of the nfl from the 50s alabama tackles the way those guys tackled yeah with bigger athletes doing it yeah with with guys that weigh about 200 more pounds and uh it's it is it have you noticed this bruce when i watch alabama when they when they tackle people it feels like they are trying to throw them through the center of the center of the earth. Well, you're dealing with so many big people. I mean, they're not, I mean, except for like Minka Fitzpatrick and the guys in the back yeah. end, they're big dudes. I mean, they're they're different than most college football teams. It just feels like they're trying to make you feel it so much that you would think twice about taking the ball. Well, look what they're dealing with at practice every day. I know. So. I know. That's but you know, Georgia's not that different. I mean. Let's let's be honest. Mark Rick didn't do a terrible job recruiting. He didn't. I just think the message started to fall flat after right. being there 15 years. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. How much? How much credit? If let's say Georgia wins the national title, how much credit does Rick get? You know, I think he should. You know, he obviously does, shouldn't get a ring, but I think he should get praise for 
just setting the you know roster but at the same time you know he got fired here it wasn't like he left to go to miami or left to go to some other job right so i don't think fans should be pissed at him i mean no and i I don't think georgia fans are and and he seems to have handled it very well yeah like he you know wished georgia luck at the beginning of the season and wished him luck in the sec championship game and yeah he seemed he seems to be handling because I, I think I might be a little bit bitter in that situation, but he's uh, he's handled it very well. And but yeah, Smart has done a good job of taking what was left to him, and then they've plugged in some guys. Well, look, I I mean I had heard from people around Georgia that that Jeremy Pruitt actually helped lay some of the foundation of how things were to be when he worked for Mark Richt. It was a, it was it was at, at times uncomfortable, but he mm-hmm. pushed for some things that. You know, maybe the Georgia folks weren't sure they oh, wanted yeah. it to be that way, but that's how it was at Alabama, and he felt like they needed it, and obviously Kirby Smart's built on that. He started the – yeah, Jeremy Pruitt started the Alabamification of Georgia, and it's interesting because when Kirby got there, uh, Jeremy Pruitt had brought a strength coach – or had helped get a strength coach to Georgia with Alabama ties, and Kirby was going to keep him because he liked the idea of having it, but he wanted a clean clean slate, basically. So he went and, f- and found Scott Sinclair at Marshall – which has turned into a great hire. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think Jeremy Pruitt did sort of prime the pump, mm-hmm. got got some people in the f- – not not necessarily in the football building, but in the in the Georgia administration prepared for what they get with Kirby. And I think we all know that the Georgia administration – the idea was it would be Kirby if they fired Rick. And – 2015 there's a few things that happened uh one one was the alabama game one was you know georgia was favored i think it was the first time anybody been favored over alabama in years and alabama comes in and beats them 38 10 and then they do the the weird start faton bauta in the florida game thing that made no sense and then uh from what i was told the last straw was they're playing georgia southern and it was the same week that nick saban had given his uh his you-know-what through a 10-horn speech. And Georgia beats Georgia Southern in overtime. And the Georgia players are out there celebrating the, like they won the Super Bowl. And there's there's people in you know in, in the booth like, yeah, this oh, this is not, yeah. yeah. And, and they're thinking, we want that attitude that Nick Saban had going in. Because that the 10-horn the speech was, was in preparation for the Charleston Southern game. And so they just, they... They wanted the same attitude that Alabama has, and they hired Kirby Smart, and they got it. Now, are you a little surprised that they're here this fast? A little bit. You know, I picked Oklahoma to win. I didn't think they would be able to keep up in, in the game they did. Now, they gave up a ton of rushing yards to Rodney Anderson, yeah. too, so it wasn't like they shut them down. That's but. that's one of the things that kind of worries me now. I know they were they were playing zone because they were worried about all the different ways that Baker Mayfield could beat you with his arm, but... If Rodney Anderson's gaining yards like that, Rodney Anderson's a good back. He's very yeah. good, but so is Damian Harris, yeah. so, is so is Bo Scarborough, so is Josh Jacobs, so is Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. I um, I would. Yeah, I am surprised they're here. I'm surprised Jake Fromm has played as well as he has. So I'm definitely surprised. I thought this would be a nine and three kind of team. Not bad. Yeah, better than they were last year. But and and as you can see with the recruiting, the roster is definitely. Oh, it's getting, getting better, getting better and better and better, and it's only going to get better next year. And then they'll be able to recruit off of this mm-hmm. with 2019 and 2020s. So, 
Yeah, if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm very excited. Even if we don't win Monday night, I think you know you're you're at the big table now. Oh yeah, one of the ESPN guys came up to me after media day and and said, or no, it was one of the SiriusXM guys. He he said, were you surprised at how at the size difference of the Alabama and the Georgia players? And I said, no, not really, because the deal is, you know, if you go by this, if you look at the starting lineups, they look basically the same. But as you go down yeah. the depth chart, it, Alabama's guys who are second and third on the depth chart still look like NFL players if, if you just have them walking around. And most teams don't have that. Georgia will have that in three years. They may have it in two years. Yeah. So, Like, I do think they're going to hit a – next year may be a little tricky because they're going to lose a bunch of really good players. Yeah. And so the, that may be the cycle of the uh, from the coaching transition, but they're going to have a lot of really good young players next year. Yeah, and then and then by year four of Kirby Smart, they're going to have the roster that looks like Alabama's roster, and and then you know, I wonder is this going to be these two slugging it out at the top of the SEC, or is this possibly more of a passing of the torch? I don't know. I mean, look. Texas A&M just spent $75 million for yeah. Bo Fisher and a bunch of money for Mike Elko to come. So I don't know what what else is going to be there. It's an interesting time because you had six new coaches in the yeah. SEC, and there's a lot of reset resetting going on. Um, I think Georgia is going to be a real problem for people in the SEC. So. Oh, yeah, because that's what – Tennessee is going to take some time for Jeremy Pruitt to, to build back yeah. up. Florida is going to take some time for, for Dan Mullen to turn around. Will Muschamp is overachieving at South Carolina, but there's a big talent gap between South Carolina and Georgia. You're not sold on Derek Dooley picks in Mizzou? Uh, not so much. No. <laughs> yeah, that that one was... Uh, the weirdest hire of the offseason. And we're saying this after... Herm Edwards got the errors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say, I still say it's maybe... That is strange. Because they had a great up-tempo you know, spread out offense. And it seemed like Barry Odom was interviewing a bunch of pro-style guys. Well, he did – you know, Noel Mazzotti was a guy who was in there. He That's was true. He was a pro-style guy. I think Shannon Dawson from uh, Southern Miss was a possibility there too. But to end up with a guy who's never been a coordinator, never been a quarterback coach, oof, it's just – Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those that you wish you could give the head coach truth serum and w- say, why did you do this? Just what what made you do this? But you know that's that's something you didn't have to ask with with Georgia when they fired Mark Rick. They went out and got Kirby Smart because that's what they wanted, and and it's it's turned out very well. And now we will have a uh, one game Monday night to decide whether uh, the pupil or the teacher will reign. Nick Saban eleven and zero against his former assistants. It's a popular stat, but. I'm not sure any of his former assistants have had a team this good. No. I mean, look, I didn't. I thought Mark D'Antonio had a team pretty good, and they got beat by 30 points. Yeah. So. 38, I think. Well, I, I, for, yeah, for some reason I thought it was 31 nothing, but you're probably right. Yeah. No, it was, it was an ugly game. And, yeah, I, I don't see that happening here. I just – I feel like these two teams are too much alike, and the talent levels, at least at, in the starting lineup, are too much alike. So – I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I know a lot of the rest of the country is not going to want to watch because it's SEC on oh, SEC. Oh, they'll watch. Eh, they'll watch. I think they'll watch. So what else are you going to watch? The Bachelor? Really? 
I'm not going to watch The Bachelor. You can DVR The Bachelor if you want to watch The Bachelor. I'm not. I'm not going to DVR The Bachelor. Okay. I'm going to DVR the coaches' film room because I just want to see. You Brett. Gary Patterson this time. It's Cutcliffe and. I like Cutcliffe. Is Bielema back? No, it's uh, three guys. That's it's, it's disappointing. Cutcliffe and I forgot. I forgot who the other two are. Yeah, I'll just. I'll just DVR that. That's. I learn more watching that than I do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I, I want to go back and watch because I heard that every time Georgia threw the ball in the Rose Bowl, Bielamo just just would just stop and what are you doing? You're averaging 19 yards a carry. Run yeah. the ball. At one point, they were averaging 20 yards a carry between the two running backs. It was like in the third quarter at that point. Not going to see that Monday night. I I, I feel safe. I don't feel safe in predicting the winner, even though I've tried. But I, I do feel safe in predicting no. Nobody will be averaging 20 yards a carry in the third quarter. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, it has been a pleasure finally getting to be on yeah. your team this season. And uh, good luck with the rest of the biscuits for the rest of the weekend. It, it, listen, 48 hours, no stopping, no sleeping, all carbs all the time. Let's get it on.